I didn't get this way on my own. For these ways have to be cultivated, grown from the muck of kids who didn't want to conform to the ways around them. We rebel, we abolish, and we start anew. Shout out to the Kepa Beetle. This is The Loom. The Loom. The deeper mysteries of life. friend and brother Cadence, a focal point to the Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti hip-hop community here in Michigan. Conscious, brilliant, on his way to a PhD and self-driven. To me, he's a prime example of a rapper who's not afraid to show off his intelligence. To anybody on the new journey of breaking himself out of the spell, this guy, he's a must-know. Cadence, what's up with you, man? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Good. Known you for a long time, man. The craft has been righteous in what you've been doing on planet Earth. Tell, tell me about yourself, Cadence. When did we meet? Okay, we met in about 1998. And we were at community high school together. And as anyone in the local area knows, community high school... In and around Community High School is a um, really avant-garde, uh, cutting-edge kind of music community. And um, yeah, we were in rival bands and um, we played uh, a lot of live band-based uh, rap music as well as melodically dynamic creative music that we created. You know, some things happen, few things happen, and then I um, met up with Tenacity, our, low, our uh, mutual boy, uh, one of the founders of The Abolitionists, and it just became history after that. You know the rest of the story. History after that. Cadiz, what would, uh, what would you describe your job as, man? Are you a musician? Are you a philosopher? Are you a multi- multifaceted person? What, what, what would you describe yourself as? A human is basically what I am. Uh, I live, I exist. Um, You know, I I study things like philosophy, uh, like social theory, like anthropology, like psychology. I'm interested in those things. The occult, spirituality, you know. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm into all of that stuff. And I wouldn't define myself as either a rapper or a philosopher or anything like that but I'm a person and I happen to have these certain interests and um, yeah definitely um, have been transformed as a person through my engagement with these interests so um, that's basically how I would describe myself but yes I do rap I have a rap career I've traveled the world a little bit I've um you know, met amazing people, including you, um, uh, and it has been um, a very, very interesting ride.
world forces me to crumble I stumble to seek advice Stay caged without comfort Frozen like Michigan ice Cause life's a gamble Bet my last breath on how the dice drops Time stops when the vibe sustains Hates weight like Mike shot On top I gotta deal with how labels portray my art I stay calm but burn propaganda like napalm when I spark Most of my peers have confirmed most of my fears They're programmed into forgetting their spirit chose to be here I'm hoping it's clear this world needs to open its ears To something besides the lies we've accepted over the years Yo, oh my life to God to me that's all that's relevant The hits you get me shit unless the way you think's intelligent But the average cat's exhibited their comprehension's limited Being smart seems prohibited and pop cultural ignorance This attitude's ubiquitous and real MCs are sick of it Lifting my gift, shifting my spit to continue ripping it Whoa. Most of these rappers think they doper than they are Mediocre MCs starting beef to try to be hard In response, my pen and pad attached like the act of synapses Attacking the senses until their nervous system collapses The fact is, these cats ain't in tune to their foolish whackness The only reason they rap is so girls find them attractive Perfect, these heads exist to insist in the regiment of the industry's unethical insidious rhetoric I revel in the level of elegance in my right In other words, I'm the shit like the residue in your toilet pipe that's how I do it when I'm writing. In other words, I'm the shit like the residue in your toilet pipe. Where are you at right now? Where do you stand? What is your focus on these issues? What are you studying right now? What are you practicing right now? You know, I'm interested in radical political theory, radical social theory. Uh, by radical, I just mean um, realizing that the problems that we see in society are not uh, the result of an otherwise good system if we just make the rules better and get better politicians in office, then everything will be all peachy keen. I don't agree with that at all. I think that the things that we're seeing are the rational outcome of the way that the system that we live in is organized. I'm not the first person to say this. Uh, multiple political theorists um, across the spectrum have said this. Um, you know, there are different ways of looking at it on an economic scale. Even people who I completely disagree with politically, like Milton Friedman, agrees with certain aspects of this. You know, uh, Michael Parenti, uh, he's a great political theorist when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, I'm not really saying anything new. These, these, these people have been talking about this for 40, 50 years. I would say that right now, radical politics and radical critical thought are at the forefront of my concerns in terms of what I'm doing as a writer. We both read The Destruction of Black Civilization by Chancellor Williams. And last time I talked to you, off tape, off recording, man, you, you broke something down to me about the patriarch in the matriarch society. Okay, so what we were talking about kind of is like um, a historical slash developmental slash evolutionary view of the transformation of consciousness and of culture and society. Uh, and that includes the transformation of political and economic systems in that process. And um, basically, you know, when it comes to looking at the ancient world, pre-civilization, pre-agriculture, um, we do have what I would call uh, matricentric societies where the um, social life and cultural life is centered around the mother and her role um, in uh, cultural life, basically. Um, but they couldn't be considered matriarchies. Now, I'm not saying that no matriarchy ever existed, but what I'm saying is that as far as I know, as far as the evidence that's actually been collected, 
the overall pattern overwhelmingly uh, when women are at the center of, cult of cultural and political and social life uh, is that there is no archi. And what I mean by archi, archi comes from the word archon. I think it's a Greek word, archon, which means ruler. Um, so we make the distinction in anthropology between um, influence-based systems of decision-making and power-based systems of decision-making. And in anthropological meaning of the word power, we mean coercive force, which is the ability to say, hey, um, I don't care what your opinion is. You'll be dead if you don't do what I tell you. We see a broad pattern of the transformation from matricentric societies to patriarchal societies or to gender equal society from gender equal societies to patriarchal societies. And um, what we see with that is, you know, radical changes in the political and economic structure. So the ways that people are exchanging goods and services radically change. We're using money now. Personal credit systems are on the on a decline. You know, personal credit systems are huge things even back in ancient Egypt. And that's that's something that we forget. Outside the temple, no one was really using currency. It was really all you are my friend. You are my surrogate family. And that's just how it is. It's not even barter. But it's not even barter. Really what it is is it's more like uh, you helped me deliver my daughter last weekend, and so I'm coming over to your house and we're redoing the roof. You know, it's, you know, you uh, helped me build a fence around my farm, and so I'm going to give you some milk. It wasn't like a barter consciously. It was a friendship. It was a relationship between people. We define this as what we call personal credit systems in an economic anthropological language. And so what we see is the rapid decline of that and a movement toward currency. The larger uh, the civilizations become and the more the militarized, hierarchical, power-based systems start to spread, that's when we see the rise and spread of money and currency. Barter is actually a very rare uh, in-between space between personal credit and money that generally only happened in two different instances. One, when the tribes don't know each other very well and don't expect to see each other again, or at least for a long time, then they barter. They barter specific goods, and then after that, deal's done, don't see each other anymore. Um, but the other instance that we see barter in is when large-scale systems that were running on money fail. Right When they fail and disappear, then people go to barter as a way. But before those systems come into existence, we don't see barter. What we see is personal credit. With regard to um, destruction of black civilization, this is just speculation, and this was just idea stimulation that I was engaging in with this. But so, so, so what I was actually arguing was, if you look at people like Sam Emba, who's a political theorist and writer, and he's African, he's from, uh, I believe he's from Ghana, and uh, you know he's an anarchist. He writes about political theory. And uh, he looks at a bunch of traditional practices of African 
civilizations. And he concludes that they are anarchists. They're naturally anarchist practices, which basically means anarchist is, has a bad name, of course, because we're brainwashed by the public school system. But the real term, the academic term, if you understand what it actually means, it's just community-based control over things. It means that the community makes the decisions over food, water, and shelter, not some abstract corporate entity that then separates you from all the processes that produce those things and you go to a store to use money to buy them. just finding himself getting into the knowledge could you could you tell them what led you to where you're at now the path that you took well certain things right really personal things in my family life that make me skeptical of that made me skeptical of authority you know what i'm saying it's one of the things which makes you want to be critical which also opens pathways to all different types of non-normal thought right so once you slip into non-normal thought, it can be anything as small as voting for Bernie when everyone else is a Republican to as large as, you know, you've created a new paradigm transcending, you know, physics idea because you were listening to this weird music and it made you think differently on a whim, you know, any all of this weird spectrum. You know what I'm saying? Of non-normal thought, of non-normal thinking that leads to innovation and creativity. It's like, I think that my very personal disdain for uh, uh, authoritarian ways of, of, of relating with people uh, opened up a general creativity. That and being surrounded in a highly musical family environment you know, where we loved music and we sang a lot and stuff like that. Creativity tends to spark um, a, a more of an interest in authenticity in people. Because the more creative you become, the more you have a distinct sense of self. I don't know if that's true for everyone, but I think it's, it's definitely true for me and it may be true for many others. Um, so being able to rely on yourself, being able to be critical, being able to be creative and to think in non-normal ways all share a connection, I think. And so, you know, growing up in a, growing up having a critical skepticism of authority, um, needing things to make sense to me before I believed in them, even when I was a real, real little child, that is um, a major part 
and then just growing up around music. And then the rest of it is, a lot of it is luck. And I'm not gonna be uh, really arrogant and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm super talented and blah, 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 blah. You know, whether people think I'm talented, whether I think I'm talented, the reality is that a lot of luck is what led me to a lot of what I, uh, the knowledge and the ways of thinking that I have now, being surrounded by people like you, for example, being around interesting people, being in an interesting environment that, uh, that has a space, at least for weird people with non-normal thought to, to foster and nurture. And I think that that has been a thing that has uh, stayed with me in terms of the people who I've met and hung out with. It's people who have very subtle, keen, precise taste in things. Absolutely, you absolutely. Know. So I think a combination of those factors is what I would say is, what, is what's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Such as the likes of Dabre is a huge Cadence fan. Georgia and Muldrow, Dudley Perkins are huge are huge Cadence fans. Well, yeah, and in the case of uh, all of those people, they have very refined taste and very specific things that they like. You know, and uh, that is, you know, that's one of the reasons why we vibe. One of the reasons why we work together. You know, one reason why there's synergy. I know that's not a real word, but synergy. It is is here. Yeah. (laughs) Show. It's a show. Cadence, man. You got music available and it's dope. Let people know where they can reach you, where your music is at, what you got planned. Well, I'm on I'm on all of the regular channels. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. As? Uh, MC Cadence with a K mm-hmm. um, on Facebook. I'm on Blogspot. I'm on Tumblr. Um, MC Cadence. That's just, that's, that's the, you know, I'm on Bandcamp, the abolitionist Bandcamp that still exists, which is great. Uh, and a bunch of my stuff, if not all of my stuff that's released is out. So yeah, that's where you'll be able to get at me. Killer Cadence, man. Thank you for your words. Itsky, thanks for having me.